You're listening to audio from Redeemer Church in Lubbock, Texas. Redeemer Church is a gospel-centered, missional family of disciples making disciples and churches planting churches. If you would like to get more information or donate to this ministry, please visit RedeemerLubbock.org. All right, good morning, Redeemer. Good to see you all. I want to welcome you, those that are in person, as well as those who are watching today online. Good to have all of you. Uh, My name is Dusty. I'm one of the pastors. We're doing something a little bit different today, and what we're going to do is we're going to be talking like we do every week about the grace of Jesus, Christ crucified, Christ resurrected, what that means for us, but uh, with a little bit of a different expression of that, about what it means for for all of us that are here, and even how that multiplies all the way to the ends of the earth. Uh, So the inspiration for what we're going to do today, which by the way is basically going to be like 10 sermons, don't panic. Um, So basically what's going to happen is uh, an inspiration from one of our members, Johanna Keene, texted me uh, maybe a couple months ago and said, I had a dream last night. And um, it was all of the Redeemer Network pastors that were basically here preaching uh, preaching the, the sermon, like all of them. And I was like, that is a great idea. And so I immediately put up a message with a lot of our guys, and uh, and several of them were able to come in. So what's going to happen is, is we're going to you're going to hear uh, hear it, the the message of grace frame, what that means for the church, and then even how that's multiplied out from here. And um, man, I'm just pretty hyped about it, honestly. After um, hearing um, in our eight o'clock service, so I'm going to go ahead and call up our starter today is Jordan Elder, and Jordan is our executive director of our Redeemer Network, but also uh, back in 2011 was sent out with Josh. Josh Reeves to plant Redeemer Round Rock, our first church plant, and an awesome dude and great communicator, really also coached Roman in basketball back when he was like 10. Now, he didn't continue playing basketball um, a whole lot, so that might have had something to do with it, but anyways, all right, take it away, Jordan. All right, thanks. Well, welcome, everybody. Good morning. Um, Good morning. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, Um, good to be with you guys. It's really fun for me to be back here. As Dusty said, just be kind of being a part of the original team that planted this church and um, I worked as a youth pastor and college ministry, uh, youth pastor and janitor for about six months uh, when Redeemer first started. And then I was the college ministry director here for a few years before we were sent out to plant uh, in Round Rock, so just north of Austin, largest suburb of Austin, about 15 miles north. And so, so good to be back together with you. And I want to invite you to open in your Bible to Ephesians chapter 3. So turn there, Ephesians 3. We're going to look at verses 7 through 13. And, and here's really the question that I want to put before us as we look at Ephesians chapter three. And the question is this, why is it that we are so committed to the costly work of church planting and church multiplication? I mean, that's been such a big part of how God has used this church uh, to plant over 20 churches in about 12, 13 years. It's really incredible, by the way, Don't, don't miss that. So why, why are we so committed to that, to planting and multiplying churches? Let's look at the text. Ephesians chapter three, verse seven through 13. This is Paul writing. He says, of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. And so grace is a gift. Verse eight, to me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone What is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things so that through the church, if you're a Bible writer, underline that phrase, so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus, our Lord, in whom we have boldness 
and access with confidence through him, through our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. Now, I know that you guys have been making your way through the Bible and you've been in the book of Acts in your reading plan. Those of you who have been working through that and you've even been preaching through that reading plan. And what we see in the book of Acts in many ways is like the origin story of the church. Um, it, you could kind of think of it this way. It's like ancestry.com for the church. You know, like if we wanted to trace our origins all the way back, we would kind of take our Redeemer Network tree, a branch on the tree, and we went all the way back, it would go back to the book of Acts. In fact, you maybe never thought of it this way, but without the book of Acts, we would have no idea how we went from the resurrected Lord Jesus who lived and suffered and died and rose again and appeared to many and commissioned his disciples. We would, we would have no idea how we went from that to these little communities of faith, these churches all over the known world. The book of Acts shows us the church, who it is, how it started, why it started, what it's supposed to be about. And in fact, in Acts chapter 28, we find Paul, after many sufferings, imprisoned under house arrest in Rome. And while he was there, imprisoned under house arrest in Acts 28, he writes this letter to the Ephesians church. So this is kind of a mind-bending thought here, but... Acts 28 and Ephesians 3 are happening at the same time, okay? And so Paul is, is writing, he's basically trying to help us see the importance of the church. Even in the midst of suffering, even in the midst of setback, the local church is critical. In fact, in the book of Acts, Paul, we see that, that Acts chapter 13, that Paul's conversion and his commissioning is a key moment in the unfolding plan of redemption, uh, uh, God's plan of redemption for this world, that Paul was chosen uh, as Jesus' instrument to, to reveal his gospel to the Gentiles. So it's anyone uh, not, that's, that's non-Jewish. So as the gospel goes outside of, of Israel, Paul is a chosen instrument to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. And then Paul was God's chosen instrument, he says, to make known to us God's plan for the church. And so that's why he writes all of these letters to the churches. We see his church planning journeys in the book of Acts. In fact, when you read the final section of Acts, Acts chapter 19 through 28, which many of you did this week, you might find yourself wondering, why would this guy, Paul, endure all of the things that he endures? I mean, we see that there is heartache. Uh, he is flogged multiple times. There's shipwreck. There's snakebite. I mean, you just put shipwreck and snakebite like in the same scene and you just go, maybe you should find something else to do with your life. Um, so there, there's imprisonment and yet Paul continues on. He is all in he knows that proclaiming the gospel is the most important thing in the world. And he's all in, not only on proclaiming the gospel, but he's all in on the church, seeing the church established and strengthened. Why? Well, because the church is God's chosen vehicle by which the gospel is made known and God's glory is sent forth. Um, you know, even when Paul's imprisoned, he, he uses every opportunity he has. He's writing letters to strengthen his churches, like this Ephesians letter. He's sending leaders to strengthen the churches that he's already planted, like uh, Timothy and, and Titus. You see, for Paul, his whole life was about advancing the gospel. It was all about the church. The gospel must go forth. God is offering salvation to the world, and the church must take it forth. That is God's plan for the world. This has been God's plan for the world. From the moment that uh, the text tells us, from the moment that Adam and Eve sinned against God and were covered in their shame of their sin, covered in fig leaves, that God knew what he would do. He would send his own son into the world to pay the penalty for sin, mine and yours to redeem us from the curse of sin and to redeem for himself a new people, 
a new redeemed people who would learn the way of Jesus, who would live the way of Jesus, and who would make his glory known in all the earth once again. You see, this is the true story of the world, my friends. This is life's greatest reality, the story of the Bible, the story of the gospel. To Paul, it was life's greatest pursuit for him and his churches. You see, the Apostle Paul tells us here in Ephesians chapter 3 that even despite his sufferings, that he wants people in every place to hear and see the grace and the glory of God and the person and work of Jesus that he has experienced. Remember Paul's story. It was by sheer grace alone that Jesus showed up in his life. He was a persecutor of the church. He was a hunter of Christians. He was a hater of Jesus. And what happened? God showed up in his grace and the person of Jesus and just disarmed all of that just undid all of that, revealed himself by grace alone. Not only did he save him, but he opens his eyes to the beauty of Jesus. The, the person that he was trying to snuff out and kill, he now shows him, he says, he actually died for you and he was buried for you and he suffered for you and he has risen for you and now he has new life for you, a new pursuit, a new purpose and Paul is all in. And isn't that what Jesus has done for all of us? I mean, isn't it? He's shown up in all of our lives in some way despite all of our sin and all of our brokenness and all our, our rebellion, and he disarms all of that with what? With grace, with his gentleness. And he offers us a new way, a better way in the gospel. And he doesn't stop there. He, he repurposes our life and our gifts and our callings. He calls us into his family, his body, his church. And what does Paul say in Ephesians 3? All of that is so that through us, his people, his church in every place, the manifold wisdom of God might be put on display in the world. This is a pretty cool thing we're caught up in, isn't it? Look at verse 10 again. I want you to consider the depths of the language that Paul uses. I mean, he's trying really hard to help us see what a cool thing this is that we're a part of. Look at verse 10 again. He says, so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. What Paul is saying is that the church isn't just making God's glory known on earth. Think about this. But what we are doing even displays the glory of God to angelic beings in heavenly places. That is amazing. That is a crazy thought. He's saying that it's through us right here in local churches like mine and like all of these guys you're going to get to hear from in a second. And like this, this church, God is making his glory known. And that word manifold is, is really could be translated multifaceted. You could think like a diamond or a gem that in the sunlight has all these different faces that are kind of in different ways, shining the light and the brilliance and the glory of God. Every local church in a unique way, in unique places, is displaying and declaring and showing who Jesus is and what he's like and what he's done and is making his grace known. Friends, listen, here's the point. The church matters. The church matters. The local church is God's plan for this world that is busted and broken and screaming and hurting. The church is God's plan. Healthy churches matter. That's the whole point of Paul's letters, this Ephesian letter, is so that the church would be healthy. It wouldn't drift from the gospel. It wouldn't get caught up in the things of the world, but it would stay laser focused on Jesus and who he is and what he's done and how he's called us to live. Gospel-centered churches matter. Disciple-making churches matter. Missional churches matter. Multiplying churches matter. Why? Because the church is God's plan for the world. It's how the gospel gets out. It's how the, the gospel gets illustrated in a particular place and among a particular people. It's how more people and more places 
places will hear and see the glory and the grace of Jesus. It's why we are doing what we're doing in the Redeemer Network, and I can't wait for you to hear more about it, because the church matters. We say that Redeemer Network, we're a gospel-centered missional family of multiplying churches. And the reason that's what we are is because we believe this is God's plan for the world. It's what God has been doing since the book of Acts. Churches that are experiencing the grace and the good news of Jesus, that are learning it, that are living it out, that are, that are multiplying it all across the world. And it's, it's what we want to continue to do and continue to be about. In fact, I think it's really easy for us to get a bit stuck in the weeds of kind of doing church, you know, like kind of showing up here and doing the stuff of church, the activity of church, and forget this big picture of what it is that we're really caught up in and how God is using us, all of us, individually and collectively, our individual churches and our churches collectively. And so what, 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 we, what we want to do this morning is I want to give you the opportunity to hear just exactly the big picture of how God is doing this, both in your church and in the many, many churches that have come out of this place. And so we're going to show you a video, first of all, from some of the guys in the Redeemer Network that couldn't be here. We want you to hear from them, just see their faces, know that those works exist and see how God is using them all across our state and beyond. And then we've got some of our Redeemer Network pastors and planners that are here that are going to come up and share with you unique ways in which God is working in their church as well. So let's start with the video. My name is David Ritchie, and I serve as the lead pastor of Redeemer Christian Church in Amarillo, Texas. Hello, my name is Benny Anderson. I'm the pastor at New Hope Baptist Church um, here in Amarillo as well. My church planning journey began about nine years ago, and I really thought it was going to end up in planting a brand new church. But as the Lord's providence would ordain it, I had the opportunity to be able to replant a dying and a broken church. And since that time has passed, we've been able to see the gospel profoundly minister, not just to our congregation, but to our city. We've seen a true work of redemption take place. We've seen how Jesus Christ is able to take something broken and make it new again. And, and now I'm thankful to be able to say we've witnessed a miracle. We've seen a church that has not only grown and become healthy, but a church that has been able to bless our city. Yes, we um, are a church, a replant as well. Um, when previous to getting to New Hope, uh, we went, they went without a pastor for five years and, and really was on the brink of death. Our community is, very, is in great need of, of uh, Christ-centered churches that are preaching the gospel. And I felt like uh, being a part of the New Hope Baptist Church would help lift our community in, in a way that it hasn't been seen in a while. Hi, I'm Jason Hatch. I'm the lead pastor at Redeemer Church in Midland, Texas. Just a couple months ago, we celebrated our fourth birthday as a church. And every year on our anniversary, I find myself reflecting on different things God has done in us and to us and through us as a local church. And God has always used local churches as visible expressions to make His glory known in the world. And so I'm so humbled and grateful that He sees fit to use us to make His glory known in Midland, Texas and in the Permian Basin. And so this year, as I have reflected, there have been three main things that have come to my mind. Community, hospitality, and the Word of God. And so God's glory is being spread through us just simply in the act of loving and preaching and believing and trying to obey the very words of God. So praise God that he uses imperfect people like me and imperfect churches like mine to make his glory known among the nations. Hey Redeemer, my name is Brian Paget, and in 2015 my wife Abby and I uh, moved to Stillwater, Oklahoma to plant Redeemer Church along with three of our kids at the time. We've had a fourth one here in Stillwater. Uh, and so we're really 
really thankful for how uh, the Lord is using our church here in this city. Uh, and one positive thing I think that's happened here through the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, and even through the racial injustice issues that are coming to the surface even more through that uh, in our city, uh, it's been pretty amazing to see that we've been able to reach out into parts of our city that we've longed to reach uh, and have had little to no access to until this pandemic hit, both in the poor community, the, those that are suffering uh, from poverty and uh, economic injustices on top of those that are suffering racial injustices. Uh, we've been able to connect with the mayor. The mayor is um, looking to us for different things. And there's been all these different steps that have taken place. Uh, in the midst of all this. So we're really grateful to see how God is using us and hopeful to see what happens when we come out of this. Uh, we're still meeting online only, just trying to play it safe there. Uh, but at the same time, we're taking this as a season to wait on the Lord and see what he wants to do with us. Uh, and really what's starting to happen is understand we don't want to come out the way we went in. Uh, we want to reflect Jesus even more. And uh, he's given us some really cool opportunities here in this city to be a blessing and to see Christ formed in others and hopefully in new parts of our town as we move forward. Thank you all so much for your support. I wish I could be there with you all right now, uh, but this is what you get for now. So love you guys. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. I'm Randy Moore, pastor of Soma Austin. In 2015, my wife Jill and I started a church plant residency with Redeemer Round Rock. In 2017, they sent us out to make disciples and plant a church in Northwest Austin. We have been seeing God at work, making his glory known in our lives through our identity as family. Through the church, our neighbors and family and community are seeing the love of God uh, as we ex uh, express it and share it through loving each other through good and bad times, whether it's through death and loss and cancer and depression or the celebration of new life, both in birth of new babies and being brought to new faith in Jesus. We've been able to see God do amazing things that can only be attributed to him. And so that we are thankful and grateful. And we look forward to seeing more disciples made, more missional communities grown and churches planted in Northwest Austin and throughout Central Texas. Hey everybody, my name is Russell Cowan and I'm the planting pastor of Redeemer Church in Hobbs, New Mexico. He has given us favor with people from multiple cultural backgrounds. We have people right now in our church from five cultural backgrounds and God has given us favor with local college students. We have recently built relationships with college students from Iran, South Africa, and from France. And we are praying that God would work in their hearts to bring them to salvation in Jesus and maturing as disciples of Jesus. Well, hey everybody, uh, my name is Britton Lewis. And in 2016, uh, God called my family and I um, to leave Redeemer there in Lubbock to move to Lehigh, Utah to plant Ecclesia Lehigh. Uh, God has called us to a very specific culture here in a very specific context with the purpose of making his glory known to a people who are searching and longing um, for hope and significance and affirmation through their works. Uh, through the church here, God has, has began to redeem people to himself and, and we're seeing disciples made um, and Christians growing and submitting all of their lives to Jesus. And our dream is just that. We want to see um, many churches planted here in one of the least churched areas of our entire country. And so would you join us in praying for that? Would you join us uh, as we just pray to see Utah saturated with the good news of Jesus? 
Hey guys, Austin Lawrence here from The Well in Abilene, Texas. I um, just want to make a video and really briefly give you an update on what the Lord's been doing here in Abilene and also just to apologize for not being there personally this morning to be able to celebrate what the Lord has done through the Redeemer Network. So uh, we have three church plant residents with us right now that are locked and loaded to be sent out in the next uh, uh, year to two years. Tyler Daniel, uh, who joined our staff about um, a year ago, has started a worship leader residency as well. So we'll be able to send out some solid gospel-centered worship leaders um, to uh, plant those churches with the, the planters that are being sent out. Thank you. We love you. We are appreciative of you and so sorry we couldn't be there um, this morning. Uh, we will talk to you soon. Love you guys. Hey, y'all. My name is Israel Martinez, and in 2017, God called my wife, Candice, and our family to plant Redeemer Church Irving. Ever since, we've been on a journey of learning, and we launched Redeemer Church Irving this year. So when I look back at how God has worked through Redeemer Church Irving to make his glory known, we believe that he has called us to love God, love people, and make disciples of all nations for God's glory. And so as we look at Irving, which is right in the center of DFW and has one of the most ethnically diverse zip codes in the U.S., we believe the Lord is raising up a generation of leaders who will worship Jesus in spirit and truth and who will reach the nations here in Irving and abroad. So we believe Irving is a special and strategic place to be a church that is gospel-centered, multi-ethnic, multilingual, and that plants churches. Redeemer Church, Irving loves you. God bless. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool to see what God has done? Uh, you know, I think when God called Dusty to plant this church, it was like a, you know, a rock that lands in the middle of the pond, and you just got to see some examples of all the ripple effects, you know, everywhere from Austin to Hobbs to Amarillo to... Stillwater to Utah and, and lots of places in between. And, and so um, I hope you're encouraged by that. In the same way that God um, uh, reveals his grace to us individually, he's using us corporately. And, um, and so, yeah, 2011, we were the first church plant sent out from you guys. And so it kind of started, started there, started here in Lubbock. Dusty, I'd love for you just to kick us off and, and share as you reflect on this whole thing, man, um, that started with a calling that God gave to you and a few others. Um, how have you seen God work through Redeemer Lubbock to make his glory known? What's he doing? All right, great. Yeah, so when I think back uh, to why Redeemer Lubbock, that, uh, that here's my thought, is that, number one, you know, I'd done college ministry for, you know, nine years, so I already saw the need there and even that much more could be done, and especially if you had a church really committed to that. Um, that was one part of it. But then the other part, from a need standpoint, is I you know, was coaching my oldest kid, who was really little back at the time, in you know, local um, you know, little leagues and that kind of thing. And almost all the people that I would rub elbows with, other coaches and people, almost none of them were going to church. Almost none of them were following Jesus meaningfully. And uh, so I, I knew and experienced God's grace, Christ crucified and resurrected. And then I saw this just huge need. And so that was a lot of it, is what we wanted to see happen here in Lubbock and that, that we saw a gap. But then the other part was because of who we thought we would likely reach, that we thought that there would be a good chance that we could send a lot of people globally to unreached peoples uh, around the world where there was little or no access to the gospel. But then the other thing is we could plant a lot of churches from, from people here that are going to move to other places. And, um, and, and even some of the pressing social problems we have in our world, um, you know, that even you heard some of the people address in the video, that the most strategic thing you can do, do to address, uh, say, protecting the voice of the unborn, to 
promoting uh, racial um, equality to any kind of problem that exists in communities, the most strategic way you can address that is by planting a church and Christians would be discipled there to make a difference. And it's just been encouraging to hear how, how God is doing that um, among, uh, among churches that we've been a part of planting. So um, that's how I would frame that for me. Yeah, so good. Yeah, and you know, 2011, we were sent out, myself, I was a college ministry director here, Josh Reeves, my good friend, we went together, he was an elder here. And so in many ways, all of this multiplication of churches, you know, it's been costly. Paul talks about it's costly. It's been costly to this church. You have stewarded leaders so well over the years. And, um, and so I'm super thankful to you, Dusty, for being same faithful to that vision, even when it was costly to train and send. And um, so we planted in 2011. And then, you know, right around the same time, God calls Jeremy Buck to plant a church in his hometown in the Panhandle. So, Jeremy, tell us how has God been using Redeemer Pampa to display his glory? Yeah, so I'm uh, born and raised in Pampa. My kids are actually the fifth generation of my family in Pampa. My wife is from a small town just down the road called Panhandle, Texas. And so we just had a love for um, the rural West Texas communities. And in 2010, that, that fall... Um, began to fill a call for church planning and reached out to one of the only church plants we were aware of at the time, which was here in Lubbock. And Dusty, not knowing me from Adam, uh, was willing to drive up um, to Pampa, uh, to actually to Wellington, Texas. We were meeting at a camp and just um, kind of gave my wife and I permission to, to pursue this, to look into it. And honestly, some of the conversation there was, should I move to Amarillo? Should I move to Wichita Falls? Should I move to Lubbock and go to one of these um, seemingly bigger, more strategic places and yet knowing um, that our heart's cry was really that you shouldn't have to move from your small hometown to find a healthy gospel-centered church. And so we really wanted to see that planted um, in a place that we knew and loved, that knew and loved us well, um, warts and all. And so we've been able to see, by God's grace, uh, a family develop. This past Sunday was our ninth um, uh, anniversary um, as a church. And, and so we've seen folks from 10 other smaller communities around us uh, be a part of Redeemer Pampa, um, by God's grace and mercy, just to become a family and to give hope to small towns where, where jobs are often leaving. Um, and then just an encouragement is in January, this coming January, we'll be planning our first church in Borger, Texas, um, a, a town very similar to Pampa. And so just excited to see what God is doing in, in the rural parts of our state and in the world. So. Yeah. So tell all your friends in Borger um, that Redeemer Borger is coming. So uh, spread the word. Um, yeah, and then this is Kyle Ogle. He's in Brenham, Texas. So, you know, we, we were planted in 2012, and then uh, we had the opportunity to connect with Kyle and begin to build a relationship with Kyle and train Kyle in Round Rock to see him plant uh, in Brenham. So if you don't know where Brenham is, just thank God for the common grace of Bluebell. The Bluebell headquarters is in Brenham, and so Kyle's doing the Lord's work there in Bluebell country. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and so a second-generation church for, for, you know, a granddaughter church of Redeemer Lubbock, which, man, is just really cool. So, Kyle, tell us, how's God been using Center Church Brenham to display his glory and grace? Yeah, so uh, my wife grew up in Brenham. Uh, I moved there in 2011, and, uh, yeah, we've been going five years now. And as, man, as we planted going along that journey, it's been uh, a lot of ups and downs. But I think one of the most unique things or really the biggest grace to my life as I've looked back on five years is how, man, our people have not only been impacted by the good news of Jesus and it's transformed their lives, but, 
Man, they've allowed their brokenness, they've allowed, uh, man, experiencing loss uh, and even their giftings uh, to be used by God. Uh, and it's something that we as a church, we haven't had to really push, that we've been able to just empower and equip and, and man, watch these things just kind of organically grow. Um, you know, be it, uh, man, a thing called Hope Mommies that's, you know, in 15 hospitals to uh, give boxes of hope to families that have experienced child loss to, uh, man, uh, this last year seeing a nonprofit called For the City Startup uh, where they've, uh, man, created opportunities and partnerships to meet needs in our city. Uh, and we're able to provide, uh, man, a thousand students with school supplies last year and, and looking to provide 2,000 this year. And so some really just amazing ways that we've seen, man, God say, you know, you're not only a, a place uh, that we're going to plant here, but we're going to see it established and see it flourish uh, so that people can, man, hear the good news of Jesus. Yeah, so good. Yeah, and so right around the same time that we were planting a granddaughter church, uh, 2014, 2015, Peyton starts a residency here at Redeemer Lubbock, and you guys plan again. You guys plan another church, and uh, Redeemer Brady. So, Peyton, tell us what God's been up to there. Yeah, Brady, Texas, in the, it's in the heart of Texas. Uh, if you ever go uh, into anywhere into the hill country, you're going to probably go through Brady. But I was here in 2013 and um, really came into Redeemer not really uh, knowing exactly what I wanted to do um, church-wise. I, I, my wife and I loved ministry, wanted to do ministry, and but I didn't have a heart for the actual local church. And here in, in this context, watching Dusty, watching the elders, watching good godly men um, in the church, I fell in love with the bride here. And so I thank you um, for that. I thank Dusty and his crew for that. Um, from there... Um, it's just been a, I got to go back to my hometown. Uh, this is a, a group of people that I love there, a group of people that I, uh, that, man, I long for. I want to see Jesus do a, a, a work in there. And so I moved back, my wife and I, in 2014. And um, something that's kind of unique about um, Brady in my context is uh, th there's never been a Sunday that I've preached that there hasn't been multiple people in the audience that have given me spankings as a child. And so, um, I mean, from principals to parents to um, teachers to like the list goes on and on I, I don't know why I've gotten so many spankings but um, the list goes on and on and so uh, but by God's grace um, one of my principals that gave me licks and as an eighth grader um, I baptized him um, the same um, week that we celebrated his 78th um, birthday we baptized him that week as well and so God's been really gracious and kind um, we when we started in 2014 we really wanted to reach the town and what we found out in our context is there's a lot of poverty obviously in small town and um, what we could do immediately was um, work on homes and so we help keep people warm and dry we call it and we started a nonprofit we gathered up 12 other churches together we have about 300 volunteers every year and to date we um, have worked on 60 homes and roughly kept 160 people warm and dry um, in the last six years. And so um, what we have found is God has given us a platform in Brady because we have just served the heck out of that place. And um, our lives have been changed because Jesus has been generous and good to us. And um, we work on people's homes and love people because of that truth. Um, and we see them around. We, they come around all the time now. And um, we get to baptize them and love them and share the good news from there. Uh, with that, a couple of years back, we were um, just gracious enough or, that the Vessel Church, this is Justin, he um, was looking for a residency program and came to Brady. And we were help um, in God's grace to help plant the Vessel Church as well in San Angelo. So yeah. here you go, bud. Yeah. What's God been up to in San Angelo? 
Uh, all sorts of stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> my name is Justin. I am in San Angelo, as as they've mentioned. Um, I'm born and raised pretty much in San Angelo in that surrounding area. And so like these guys, um, I have a heart for my city, essentially. I have a heart for um, seeing the Lord move. And, and really, I guess I, I, I was in ministry for quite a while and, and was burdened with the need for more healthy churches in our town and in our city, and really, really with a good gospel-centered approach. And so I'd stepped down from, a, from, from staff on a church and went to look into church planting and came across Acts 29, um, kind of put feelers out, got a call from Jeremy Buck, um, and come to find out that the Redeemer Network at that time had been praying for San Angelo. It's kind of this hub city of 13 counties just in the middle almost of nowhere, and, and it was neat to see the way the Lord used my wife and I to answer um, some prayers. Normally, we are the ones praying, and, but to be used in that way um, was neat, and so since that time, we um, joined in over at Brady and did that residency. We launched, we planted, we were almost two years. Um, two years will be September, and um, since that time, I see, I guess originally the Lord brought a bunch of de-church, not necessarily angry with the church, but just people that, that needed a family, that needed a brotherhood, that needed a, a church that was leading and guiding um, the way that, that they read scripture as well. Um, and so we've seen a number come on from that platform. Um, and then in the last year, we've seen the Lord bring in quite a few from our military base, um, good fellow that's there. We've got about five to eight families that, that we're excited uh, to have join us. And then just recently, we've seen a little bit of an influx of college age kiddos. And so this, this summer, or sorry, this fall, we're going to move into a college ministry and, and see what the Lord does there. And so there's just a number of avenues that the Lord's using us and, and moving into to make his glory known in our city. And, and we're excited about the prospects of, of where that goes long term. Um, hopefully using college age, using military background to spread uh, the Redeemer Network, to spread his glory really um, all across the nation, uh, even the world. And, and so we're just blessed to be a part of it. Yeah. Hope you're encouraged to get to just hear a little bit of the, all the ways in which God is working. You know, I mean, the gospel is such good news for, for in so many ways for all of life. And I hope you even just get to hear some of the ways in which different churches, all these different churches, different sizes, different shapes, different places, are getting to proclaim and display the good news of Jesus to the, to the hurting, to the poor, to the broken, to college students, to military families, to suburbanites, to urbanites. Um, Jesus is working. He's building his church. So I hope you're encouraged. Awesome. Yeah, thank you, guys. Appreciate y'all sharing that. I, I'm, um, I'm super encouraged by hearing that. And I, I want you to hear like, even how you're involved on that uh, because, yes, it's churches multiplying, and you see the incredibly, I'll almost use the word viral, but that might be a little bit too soon, uh, spread of the gospel. Okay, sorry. Apologize. Um, but even that's even your story here, too, that uh, be, it's something I've done even a few times in the past. A, a bit of a spiritual genealogy, not in a weird way, but you know, this person shares the gospel with this one, and this person disciples this one, this person invites this one, and I mean, this is how it all works. I mean, both with individuals, but also with churches. So I'm going to the bullpen. Uh, Cody McMurray, come on up. I'm going to the righty from Bowie. Um, he's actually planting a church in Wichita Falls, and he was a resident here for two years, and he actually was uh, preached the first sermon in Acts earlier this spring, um, Acts 1:8, from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria, to the ends of the earth, and now is going to be bringing us home and shutting the door on Acts as well as this whole Sunday. So make it happen, man. 
Thanks, Dusty. I'm the righty from Bowie. I appreciate that. Yeah, like you said, in March, we moved to Wichita Falls to plant Redeemer, uh, along with a couple of people from this congregation, uh, Davis Tucker and Lizzie Medina, who came on staff with us. Uh, Davis, who came to faith within this church and now has been sent out to uh, be on staff at a church plant that has been sent out from here. It's been pretty, pretty incredible. And as you can imagine, like we're all experiencing right now, uh, COVID struck as soon as we got to Wichita Falls right there in March. And uh, believe it or not, uh, there was actually no planting during a pandemic training within the church planting residency program. Uh, Jordan has promised me that uh, he's going to add that. Hopefully no one will ever have to use it again, uh, but uh, wasn't super trained for this, but uh, God has been extraordinarily gracious. As you can imagine, it's been hard. It's been hard for the entire world during these last couple of months. Um, But during this, God has been so much more gracious. He has walked with us and helped us uh, since our dependence on him. He's helped us Uh, During all of the seasons of unknown and hurt and pain and fear, he's just been kind. He's been really kind. And I hope this church has experienced the same kindness of the Lord that we've experienced in Wichita Falls. Uh, Like Dusty said, uh, I started the book of Acts here at Redeemer. This was the last sermon that I preached here, and it's uh, really my pleasure to uh, end it today. If you remember, the beginning of the book of Acts starts about the church being a movement, a movement centered around the message of Jesus. Jesus just simply said, hey, you are my witnesses. Testify to what happened here on Calvary. Testify to my life. Testify to my death. Testify to my resurrection. And it's still moving today. It's still moving to every tongue, tribe, and nation. And that's what we see throughout the entire book of Acts, right? Uh, From Acts chapter 9 on, it's following basically one man's journey who was a Jewish man because this whole thing started with the Jewish people and took it to every single tongue, tribe, and nation that Paul knew. And what we see in the book of Romans is Paul said, hey, I'm making my ambition to preach Christ where he is not yet named to to the tongues and the tribes and the nations that aren't yet known. And uh, he said he he really desires to be with the church in Rome because he hadn't yet seen it. And in Acts chapter 28, that's what we see. Paul makes it to Rome, and he makes it to Rome in chains. And this is what it says in verse 23 and 24, and I'm just going to read uh, the last couple of verses as well. It says, When they had appointed a day for him, they came to him at his lodging in great numbers. And from morning till evening he expounded to them and testified to the kingdom of God and tried to convince them about Jesus both from the law of Moses and from the prophets. And some were convinced by what he said, but still others disbelieved. Verse 30 says this, And and he lived there for two whole years at his own expense, and he welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. And then the book ends. It's a cliffhanger, right? I remember my uh, college roommate always watched that TV show 24, and he said I was addicted to it because every single episode ended with a cliffhanger. I just had to know how this problem was going to be resolved. But we don't know how it resolves. Wasn't Paul on trial? Wasn't he in change? Is Paul going to be okay? Is the church going to be okay? What's going to happen? Is it going to continue? Wasn't it so dependent upon Paul? But look what Paul does at the very end. He continues to proclaim the message. 
And this is communicating to us that the movement of the church is not dependent on any man. It's dependent upon the people of God carrying the message to every tongue, tribe, and nation. Everywhere that they can go for his great glory. And if you notice up here, a couple of guys mentioned our our parent network that's called Acts 29, which we are all kind of planting through. In Acts 29, I remember when I told my grandparents, grandmother about uh, Acts 29, she thought I joined a cult because she knew her Bible well enough to know that, hey, there's no 29th chapter in the book of Acts. What, do you, what are you doing? How are you starting? What is this about? I, I haven't seen this in my Bible. But you get the ethic that it's trying to communicate, that we're the church continuing. Paul took the gospel all the way from Jerusalem to Rome, 1,500 miles, a pretty good task. We are here in 2020 a long time after Jesus resurrected, 7,000 miles away from Calvary's Hill, proclaiming that exact same message. Why? Because movements move. The Christian message is a movement. The Christian church is a movement of God. And the movement is not done yet. There's still tongues, there's still tribes, there's still nations that we have to go. That's why we plant churches. That's why we make disciples of our friends, of our neighbors, of our coworkers. That's why we keep the mission of God moving forward. Redeemer, I hope you're encouraged by what you've heard today. I hope you're encouraged by uh, the message of the gospel moving forth all over Texas and all over our nation and ultimately to the world. So let's keep going. Let's keep going. And, and if you're here in this is your first time kind of checking out Christianity since COVID and, and, and maybe haven't even fully understood the claims of Jesus, I hope you're encouraged by our sense of urgency, our delight in partnering with God and what he's doing all over the world. And for all of us that, that are believers in this room, I just uh, encourage you, let's keep praying. Let's keep asking God to raise up laborers. Let's keep going to our neighbors with the gospel Let's keep sending people far and near for his great glory. Because how amazing is it? How amazing is it that the manifold wisdom of God is being displayed through us, through the church, through you? How much dignity, how much worth, how much value does that give you because of Jesus? In Christ, you have infinite worth, value, and dignity through his blood and through his body and through his resurrection. So I'm going to pray for us, and we're going to take communion, and then let's celebrate together as a church what he's done in and through us for his great glory. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you. I thank you for what you've done. I thank you for loving us. I thank you for leading us to make disciples who make disciples, not for our glory, but for yours. I pray that you continue to use this body of believers to raise up leaders. I pray that you continue to sanctify this church so that there's no place in Lubbock, Texas that that is without a witness to the good news of Jesus. Do this, Lord, because you love us. Do this, good Lord, because uh, you're good. Do this, Lord, because you are glorious and sovereign and perfect and you love the broken world that which we live in, and you love to use us broken sinners to proclaim your message. Keep doing it. All in Jesus' name, amen. Now, we're going to uh, take communion together as a church, and uh, whenever you're ready over the course of these two songs, if you're a believer, I encourage you to come up and, and grab a, a little tray that has both um, a, piece of, a little piece of bread that represents Christ's blood and a, a drop of juice, which represents or 
the bread represents his body and the juice represents the blood. And if you're at home right now and you're um, trying to uh, gather together and stay safe with your family or maybe you're, you've invited over a couple of friends over the course of these next two songs, I encourage you, uh, take, take the, the bread uh, or the equivalent of it that you have in your, in your house and take some juice or the equivalent of it. Uh, do so in remembrance of Jesus. His body was broken for you. His blood was spilled for you so that we can be the manifold wisdom of God through his church. He built and established us through his body and blood. So let's stand and let's sing and let's worship because of that truth now.